We're letting the ponies out of the barn and kicking off another day of Sooner Sports Talk. It's time for the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Polston Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Now, live from the Palace in Piedmont and the Brown O'Haver Studios in Norman, here are Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show. Power 2, T-Row in the Morning Show, live in Waco today. Toby and TJ back with you on this Tuesday, January 4th. Sooners getting set to take on the number one ranked Baylor Bears here tonight. We're going to preview that game coming up. But right now we are joined live by Mark Daniels. Mark has been on our show several times. Outstanding play-by-play voice for UCF. We uh, chatted back and forth a little last night after the Dylan Gabriel news broke. And I thought it would be interesting to bring him on the show just to kind of fill you folks in on what the Sooners are getting here. In this uh, left-handed quarterback who has played for the Knights the last several years, Mark, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great, Toby. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's a great introduction. Every time I come on, I feel incredibly honored. I get a fight song and everything. It's fantastic. We're not messing around, Mark. We'll be a gift (laughs) basket headed your way after the show uh, as well, full of barbecue sauce and everything we like out here in Oklahoma, so. Uh, well, Mark, there you go. Like, what, what are we getting? What are the Sooner fans getting in Dylan Gabriel? Well, uh, what an incredible uh, couple of weeks because uh, we're, we're, we're not many days removed. I think it's 18 when Dylan Gabriel announced he was going to UCLA. Um, we're a little over a month after Dylan uh, announced he was leaving UCF to enter the transfer portal. Uh, as far as the quarterback Oklahoma's getting, look, the numbers don't lie. 70 touchdowns, uh, over 8,000 yards an efficient quarterback that now reunites with uh, the, you know, the offensive coordinator in Oklahoma in Jeff Levy, where those two really clicked when Jeff was here at UCF and uh, working with Josh Heupel in that offense. So I think what they get is somebody that understands the offense that Jeff Levy wants to run, is comfortable running tempo, uh, has, a, a, to me, a incredible touch. I think Dylan throws as good as a deep ball as anybody in college football. And, you know, it's comfortable – with what Levy's going to want to do now, surround them with the personnel that Oklahoma has, and I think Oklahoma is getting a you know really good quarterback. Um, Dylan's not six three, six four, not the prototype NFL numbers like some of the quarterbacks that Oklahoma's had in recent years, but yet also had success with guys that weren't maybe six feet tall. I'm not saying he's a Kyler Murray type guy, but I think he's somebody that will fit with what Jeff Levy wants to do and has a body of work of being a starter for you know two plus years before getting injured. Um, at UCF. Now we'll see as he steps into, you know, the uh, the Big 12 and faces uh, defenses there, and, and and we'll have to adjust a little bit uh, coming from the American. But Dylan played some really talented teams when he was at UCF, and so I think Oklahoma's getting a, a talented quarterback that felt like he wanted to leave UCF and find another place for whatever that reason may be, and, and uh, in an awkward way has landed in Norman. What about mobility? And what would you say as far as throwing the football are his strengths? Is he good at reading the defense? Does he have a big arm? How would you break that down? 
Yeah, I think that, um, uh, uh, like I said before, I think he throws a deep ball as good as anybody. I think that um, uh, now now he still had some wide receivers at UCF, Gabriel Davis playing in the NFL, some other guys that have played in the NFL, that he could throw the football up and those guys would get it at 6'2", 6'3". Uh, Marlon Williams was a great college wide receiver for UCF and was a great guy to find on third down. I think Dylan is really good, um, like I said, at throwing the deep ball. Um, he's very good at the short passing game. When plays break down, like a lot of quarterbacks, it becomes a little bit more challenging. What can you do? He's not a guy that's going to be a run threat for you. This is not somebody that's a dual threat quarterback um, that, 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 that you're going to build the true kind of RPO around. He can run, but it's not something you're going to use as an offensive weapon. He's going to be more comfortable reading a defense. What's option one, two, uh, and three, and he'll get the ball there. Um, now, does the window close a little bit? You know, with faster uh, uh, DBs, yeah, certain. But you know, I think Dylan's confident in his playing ability. Uh, pressure on any quarterback is where you're going to find out what they're made of. And I think for anybody, that's the process that grows. I think Dylan got much better when he was thrust into the lineup as a freshman, um, and by the end of year one, was better. In year two, last season. Um, UCF won a lot of shootouts. Uh, uh, UCF's defense was not very good uh, last year, much better this season. And at times, Dylan and the offense needed to put up points. And uh, we lost the 50-49 game at Memphis. He threw for 600 yards. Um, so uh, I think the size sometimes comes into play. I don't think it's a huge negative for him because he's got arm strength. And, again, I think he throws a tremendous deep ball. Uh, we're used to tiny quarterbacks around here. That's no problem <laughs> at all. Um he looks like him. He looks like Josh Heupel with a bigger arm to me on tape. Maybe it's just the left-handed thing. I don't know. But just watching him play uh, takes me back to watching Heupel run around here. What about off the field? What about Dylan Gabriel, the person? What have you noticed there? Well, Dylan Gabriel, the freshman quarterback, came here because of McKenzie Milton. I mean, there's no question about that. The Hawaii connection, um, McKenzie's popularity at UCF. McKenzie's popularity back in Hawaii as a driving force. In fact, it was McKenzie that had to convince Josh Heupel to take a look at this left-handed quarterback. And he chose to come to UCF. And, you know, he comes in and, and, uh, you know, UCF puts him in the second game, uh, uh, football game down at FAU to play. And he wasn't great, but but I think Josh Heupel said, like, I'm going to ride with somebody that um, I'm bringing in here. And uh, he did and, and, and uh, developed. So a very quiet freshman quarterback that I thought got more comfortable as that year went on, even though UCF saw their 25-game regular win streak get snapped by a kid named Kenny Pickett that I think went on to have some success at Pitt <laughs> on, a, on a, I yep. guess not a Philly, but a Pittsburgh special play. Um, lost by three at Cincinnati with a, you know, a, a really good developing defense a couple of years ago that turned out to be pretty good. You know, UCF that year lost uh, three football games by seven points total. So I think uh, uh, Dylan grew up. But you ask off the field, look, it, it, it's college football today. Uh, the name, image, and likeness thing, I think, became something that uh, was important to Dylan. Um, nothing wrong in developing, quote, a brand. Um, some people have been critical of that at UCF in the year that he was injured. Um, but that's his right to do it. I think it was a factor in his decision initially to go to UCLA. It probably is also a factor, not the factor, about at Oklahoma because of a high-profile program. And if it leads to those opportunities for him, you know, good for him. I think some critics felt like he was more engaged in that uh, this past year. I thought the biggest problem for Dylan Gabriel this year 
is he got hurt. You guys have seen this. When you're hurt and know you're not playing for several weeks, you get disengaged. I mean, no matter what you want players to think and do, you're not preparing to play for a game each week. It's hard to get yourself mentally focused. And the eyes wander. And, 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 and people kind of wonder, well, you know, are you really engaged with the team? And when you know you're out for several weeks, I think that's kind of hard. I think some UCF fans felt that maybe he got too disengaged. I, he can only speak for that. But as far as the football player, he's a very talented football player. If his brand is important to him, hey, that's where college football is at today. What about Jeff Levy? What was your impression of him? I like Jeff, and it's a, um, it's a really interesting, I think, a great story. Uh, you know, Josh Heupel, and really Josh's dad, was influential in providing an opportunity for Jeff, who was, you know, with a whole fall of that Baylor, was kind of looking for a way to stay involved in football, was at a really small school outside of Orlando um, helping, and opportunity came about with some discussion, and I think Josh and his dad played a role in that, to bring Jeff aboard. And, you know, after meeting Jeff, a really likable guy, um, really smart football guy, and then, you know, as he got comfortable with uh, uh, Dylan, I think Josh Heupel relied on Jeff a little bit more in passing game plans and uh, really kind of developed a knack for it and uh, got comfortable with what Josh was trying to run. And clearly he's blossomed. You know, he was, at least in the eyes of social media, somebody that UCF was looking at when uh, Josh went to Tennessee. Whether that ever materialized depends on who you ask. But clearly Jeff did a great job at Old Miss. Um, clearly understands... I think uh, Temple offense today was blessed with a very talented quarterback at Matt Corral at uh, Old Miss, and it's going to reunite uh, w- w- you know with Dylan, who who was somebody that you know lobbied for Jeff to be uh, the head coach here. Yet when Gus Malzahn got hired, and after Dylan got to go through a spring practice with Gus, I think he got comfortable with Gus and enjoyed the offense. And you know, and again on the side, of, I, I think Gus did an amazing job with all the injuries UCF had. That game that Dylan got hurt against Louisville. He was the seventh starter that went down in that game and wow. uh, you know, lost that game in a bizarre tip ball that Louisville ran back for a touchdown with seconds to go, and then Dylan got hurt. But, you know, you see a battle of injuries all year, played a freshman quarterback, lost its best running back, wide receiver, offensive lineman. It stopped a, a defensive tackle, lost a linebacker, lost its leading tackler during the year, and found a way to win nine games. Jeez. And, um, you know, I mean, it's a great run by Gus, who I think is really laying a good foundation here. But for Dylan, again, he felt that, you know, something else was, uh, 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 you know, better for him, and that's college football. As you guys know quite well, the transfer portal give it, the transfer portal take yeah. it quite well these days. Sometimes within a couple of hours of each other. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, one more question about Dylan, and then uh, you got your own show to do there. We'll let you go. Uh, we have had some quarterbacks around here, really good ones, Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks that were quiet, led by example. I'd say Kyler Murray fell into that category. I'd say... Spencer Rattler fell into that category. We have had some that were, uh, you know, the locker room leaders, uh, big personalities like Baker Mayfield, like Caleb Williams. Where does Dylan Gabriel fall in that area as far as kind of team leadership and what kind of a personality he's got in the locker room? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the best example, uh, I mean, as freshman year, you're a quiet guy surrounded by veteran players that I think you learn your way to be the role of a leader. I think his sophomore year became a little bit of a bigger voice. 
but there was some conflict in, in, you know, the football team last year, I think a little bit split of offense and defense um, at, at, at times. I think Oklahoma's going to get somebody that initially, new kid in town, is probably going to be a little bit humbled and uh, quiet. But I do think uh, he understands the role of a quarterback. I do think he underst- uh, will understand the role of being a quarterback at Oklahoma. So I think he'll get a guy that's probably going to become vocal, um, not to the point that it's almost too vocal. I think he's going to respect what he's stepping into uh, as he gets familiarized with a new coach that he doesn't really know much. Um, but you'll get somebody that doesn't mind playing that step-up role and, 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 and do a locker room speech, do that sideline speech. Um, you know, I think he's a fiery guy when, when, when things are going uh, you know, well. When it's not, like a lot of guys, you kind of find out um, what they're made of. But, but I think they're going to get a confident quarterback that believes working with Jeff Levy again is going to kind of ignite him. And, um, you know, again, the numbers don't lie. You don't accidentally throw 70 touchdowns and over 8,000 yards in two and a quarter seasons. And that's what Dylan did. And, um, you know, I think he's got the chance to be, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the country, uh, like anybody that gets some help around them. And, uh, you know, wish him well. I think he's probably in a spot that he's going to have a high chance to succeed. It's funny. There are some Power 5 programs out there that um... – in my 11 years, we've never crossed paths in anything. Uh, UCF keeps bringing us together <laughs> somehow, Mark. In baseball, basketball, football. You and I have got to know each other quite well the last decade. And here we go again. Another reason that these two schools are connected. Mark, thanks for the insight. We really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great show uh, down there in Orlando today. All right, guys. Thank you much. Take care. See ya. Mark Daniels. Play-by-play voice UCF, little info there on as a player and as a person what Oklahoma's getting here in Dylan Gabriel. TJ, what I'm hoping is, you know how this this day and age we're living in, is it's all about a negotiation. Right. I'm hoping we just haven't heard yet that part of Dylan Gabriel's demands were an OU road game at Hawaii so that he can go play in front of friends and family. Sure. I'm sure you wouldn't mind that at all. Uh. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Hopefully that news will drop today. We'll be back. Let's talk some. We'll get some of your texts. And we got to talk some hoops. Big time basketball game coming up tonight here in Waco. Back after this. From Norman to Lawton to Clinton to Oklahoma City to Tulsa and beyond. The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. And when you're away, never miss a second with the Sports Talk 1400 app. Zero in the morning show. Toby and TJ with you. This hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. They can help you if you're looking to make a move this new year. Sell your home. They can help you out with that with great customer service and the $8.99 listing fees, saving you thousands of dollars. No discounted service to their clients. Same great service you'd receive from any other realtor, but do it at much less of a cost to you. 405-361-3380 or saxonrealtygroup.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Toby, uh, you were the one saying if Caleb didn't learn to read the defense, his job was on the line. Perhaps it's because of such hateful rhetoric he's leaving and has nothing to do with TJ. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's true. 
It's true, and and we can get into this if you want, like uh, later. But how, you know what? How big of a loss is it? How good is Caleb Williams? I'm not here to trash anyone for anything. Oh, no. I just like think there's an 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 honest evaluation of him as, as a quarterback that could take place compared to you know what they're getting compared to what Spencer Rattler was, what the future for him holds, all that kind of stuff. I do think there is a deficiency there in uh, the passing game, specifically as it comes to zone defenses. Now, he's young, and that will probably be something he figures out going forward. I'm not overly worried about it for him. He uh, he obviously is a uh, electric runner of the football. But he took 30 or well, OU took 33 sacks this year. They were not all him, but a troubling large number of sacks late in the season when he faced his own defenses and teams started to figure this out. I have no idea why Oregon didn't play more zone against him, but thankfully they did. But he really got you the first half and second half of the OSU game is the best example. OSU was aggressive like Texas was. A lot of man-to-man in the first half, and OU lit them up. Caleb Williams lit them up. Second half, they came back and said, you know what? It was good for Iowa State. It was good for Baylor. It's good for us. We're going to drop eight guys into coverage. We're going to play a zone and see if he can figure out what he's looking at, and he couldn't. And so, again, I, I, I think he's fabulous and has a chance to be a star and a Heisman Trophy winner and all that kind of stuff, but you He's got a deficiency there right now that uh, has to be figured out if he's going to accomplish all those things. If he's going to achieve, you know, high draft status and Heisman trophies and all those kind of things, wherever he goes, whether it's Oklahoma or otherwise, he's he's going to have to figure that out. And I think he will. I think he will. He's young. He hadn't played football in a couple of years. And it would have probably done him good to sit behind Spencer all year and just kind of watch and study and all that kind of stuff. But um, that didn't happen. And so we'll see whether wherever he ends up, whether that's something he can correct. But other than that, he is elite in every way. And obviously as a leader and charisma and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, off the charts. A showman. He's a showman. Uh, we received a video on the text line from a gentleman. He didn't say who it was from, but he's got two very big dogs that look kind of mean. And it looks wow. like they've got in their backyard their own, like, tether pole with, like, toys hanging from chains. Oh, boy. And he hung his Caleb freaking Williams T-shirt from their toy Come on now. Uh, uh, Paul and the dogs are tearing up the Caleb Williams shirt. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> it's not necessary. Uh, T-Row, you need, the, uh, you need to update. These are the days of the Sooners. Oklahoma football would make yep. a better reality show than Survivor or Big Brother. That's from Fort Cobb Football Coach. No, I think days of our Sooners uh probably set to drop a new episode when we get back. There's no doubt about that. What a year. What a year! This time, right, how about how, what's going on out in Hawaii? By the way, that's producing all these quarterbacks. What else do they have to do? Uh, surf, uh, enjoy sit the beach. On the beach. 
Serve, um, eat pineapples. Luau's, pineapples, girls yeah. in bikinis. Ah, you're right. The tongue of Aloha's, <laughs> uh, McKinsey, now Gabriel. Uh, I mean, they, they have quite a quarterback factory they got going on out there. This texter says, all I know is the last time OU won a natty, we had a left-handed QB. Hello, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, just enough Left-handed what? transfer quarterback. Yes. They look a lot alike when they throw the ball. Uh, Gabriel's got a bigger arm than Josh, and, and that's no offense to Josh. I think Josh would agree with that. Uh, if he is half the leader and clutch, has half the clutch gene Heupel had, Oklahoma's got a big-time chance. But they're just watching him physically and watching him throw the ball, that's the first thing you think of for me is, Man, that, he looks like Heupel. Well, physically, word of advice to him as a man in my 40s, be careful when you reach your 40s and uh, have Come a salad now, or two. you're going to say what? something mean. Well, I said to have a salad or two. I'm just suggesting the guy have a salad or two. What? <sighs> Get after me. You're sitting here hammering on somebody not being able to read a zone. You're going to tell me not to tell somebody to eat healthy? Calm down. I'm giving you an honest and accurate evaluation of a football player, okay? <laughs> we got I'm telling lot. it like it is, TJ. We've got a lot more text, like but uh, you're in uh, Waco. We keep covering this up. That's right. I'm in Waco. Number one goes down tonight in college basketball. That's what we're supposed to be talking so? about. Uh, is that what you're predicting? That's what I'm predicting. Profit. Wow. Well, uh, Wait, is I, Tanner I playing? The- Have we heard of Tanner Grove? Did he travel? We're an hour and 28 well, minutes you're allowed into to the say- show, and you're – you're just now asking me that question? I thought that would be the first I think this is the second time I've brought it up, but go ahead. I uh, Sometimes in this job, you are granted privileged information that must remain that way. Okay. I thought you might give and me that is, answer. This is one of those situations where the head coach has asked me very nicely to uh, keep that privileged information until closer to tip time. So. I'm going to respect the head coach's wishes because I like my job. Porter. So I can. If you're listening, text me. I won't tell anybody. I mean, this is obviously Baylor's really good. I'm eager to see him in person tonight. I've seen him on TV a couple of times. I saw him play Oregon. I saw him for a large chunk of that Iowa State game on Saturday. And they're, they're really good. I just am so amazed that they lost four starters from last year, a team that won the national championship, and they're in this position again with, you know, really limited number of pieces that helped them out last year. LJ Cryer came off the bench and was a relative non-factor last season. Uh, Flo Thamba was a a non-factor, was here last year. Adam Flagler was a nice player for them, like a sixth or seventh man, but, you know, not a star. Uh, Matthew Meyer's been a kind of a wild card role player for them for a few years. Good player, but Fran Fraschilla called him shot a minute guy where he comes in and he's just firing it all over the place. So with that cast of characters, and a bunch of transfers, he's got him right back at number one instantaneously. 
Kendall Brown is probably a one-and-done guy who they brought in a freshman, 6'8", really good player. LJ Cryer is leading them in scoring this year. James Akinjo is electric, uh, played at Georgetown and Arizona, and is transferred now here to Baylor. And he's done it again. He's, uh, Scott Drew is cobbled together. Ch- Chumwa Chacha was another guy I didn't mention that was here last year, nice player. He's cobbled together a really good team. They um, they defend at a high level. They shoot the three ball well. They do not shoot the free throw very well. So that's something to keep an eye on. They missed some late free throws against Iowa State that allowed Iowa State to get back in that game. They're only a 66% free throw shooting team. Oklahoma has been... Uh, about 74, 75% on the year by comparison. And, um, you know, and they and they get a ton of points off their defense in the open floor. And I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on tonight. Oklahoma has a lot of strengths. They really defend well. Uh, they get high percentage shots, Oklahoma does, in the half court. They are top 10 in the nation in field goal percentage. They're top five in the nation and two-point field goal percentage. So there's a lot to like there about OU. But the one area lately that has been a bugaboo for them is turnovers. Better against K-State, but still had 13 of them. And the three games before that, they had, I think it was 17, 18, and 20. And you cannot, especially live ball turnovers, give those up to Baylor. You can't let them get open floor opportunities, run outs, especially in this building where you're you're in a tight game and then bam, bam, 8-0 run, and now you're down double digits. It happens all the time with Baylor. So taking care of the basketball is going to be of uh, prime importance tonight for Oklahoma. If OU could have 10 or fewer turnovers tonight and have a good night shooting the ball. You know, you got, uh, you got Mo coming back home. He's a Waco kid. He's excited. I think he's going to have like 40 or 50 people here tonight. Um, CJ's from right down the road. I, 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 the OU defense is going to travel and they're going to play hard. We know that if they have a good night shooting and they don't turn it over, this will be a ball game. But that's a big if, you know, shooting the ball on the road can be difficult at times and not turning the ball over against these guys can be, they, they have forced in 13 games, they have forced 241 turnovers on the year. Ooh. Baylor has. So, but you're saying there's they, a chance. They held Villanova to 36 points in the game. 36 points. So that's, you know, that's not every night, but they beat Villanova by 21. They beat Michigan State by 17. They're good. It angers me a little bit. They're good. <laughs> it does sound and like it angers you a little. It does. They were supposed to come back down to earth this year and be Baylor again, you know? And here they are, maybe the best team in the country again. But I'm eager to see them myself tonight to size them up and say, you know what? That team's not as good as last year's team, or that team's better 
than last year's team, or that this team is a legitimate threat for a national championship. I've got to lay eyes on them tonight. 6 o'clock, start 5.30 pregame tonight. Back after this. The Sooners are Alamo Bowl champs, and nobody brought you better coverage all season long than the ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. Live in Waco today, we go straight to the phones here on uh, the T-Row in the Morning Show. Sean is on hold. Good morning, Sean. Hey, good morning, Toby. Hope you're doing well in Dr. Pepper country. Uh, Doing good. Doing good. I have a question for, and I'm serious, I have a question. One, a statement. Uh, I I saw you climb Mount Prophet, or I heard you climb Mount Prophet this morning, and I got to tell you, I'm not sure under his scenario, I feel all that bad for Missouri and Arkansas, who have Walmart as one of their main beneficiaries. So I think they'd be fine. Um, okay. But I was going to ask you, the NIL deal, I'm a believer in that economics always wins, no matter what the circumstance. It just depends on how much damage you want to do before you admit to it. The NIL deal, at some point, don't the people supplying these funds have to look at their ledger and go, what am I getting back? Like, I mean, you can quantify if somebody's, say, shilling your product and you sell more product, that's been a good investment. But if you don't sell more product or if they're only there a minute amount of time and maybe they don't reach the level of fame you're hopeful for at a young age by the time they're, you know, a college student, say they're there four years, are you going to jump back into that and spend your money there? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I, I think it all depends on the person or company. You know, right. I think there's, I think uh, the bottom line, making a profit out of it matters in a lot of situations. And there are probably some situations where uh, they're willing to take a loss for the prestige or for the, sure. uh, if the, if the benefit to their favorite college is uh, something that you can't factor in on the bottom line, you know. They're like, you know, or you know, uh, we'll write off a little bit of a loss here because it's winning Auburn a national championship or whatever. It's getting me sure. In go- it's getting me in good with uh, the athletic department or whatever the case may be. So I think that's probably you're... a company to company or individual to in- individual situation. And I, and I would agree, but then you're going to have to fight the deal of, okay, well, I'm giving it to player X, but I'm not giving it to the institution then. Yep. Because there's yep. only well, so I mean, much. Yeah, that's yeah. where the universities are going to, uh, in some ways, have already and will take a hit. Is yeah. because instead of, uh, I, I've got, let's say I've got $10,000 of extra finance uh, uh, to be able to donate right. to this cause. And in the past, I would have donated it to the university. Now I'm just going to give it straight to the player. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tricky. It's tricky. I, I think the, 
I th- well, and I'm with you, and I think, but I think the NIL will eventually, because of what I've talked about and what and what we've kind of alluded to, for the most part, burn itself out, and you may end up with what it was intended to do, and I have no problem with let guys go sign autographs or go, you know, sell shirts and sweatshirts and stuff like that with their brand. I think you're right. As long as we can come up with some way of policing this. Right. Yeah, like you're going to have to do NCAA that. The NCAA has been completely hands-off. You know, even establishing well, I, rules and all that kind of stuff, they have, I, they're scared. The, well, all I the think litigation the, and everything has them, has them petrified. we got to come up with some way of leveling or making the playing field in this even across the board. Correct. Well, yeah, 100%. And I, but I think what the NCAA's plan ultimately is is to reverse what OU and Georgia did in 83 and get con- and they I think they want to get control and get a piece of the money from football again. That's just my opinion. I think that, they think that ain't happening. That that should right, be Right. Exactly. I, I think I th- NCAA I'm is with about you. to yeah. And but I think they think they'll come begging back to them, but I'm with you. I think that ship sailed. But anyway, the it's the it's the portal that worries me more because you're, you're the inmates are running the asylum as an entity now as a university i'm being forced to guarantee you what used to be five for four i think it might be six for four now six years of college for four years of play but i have to guarantee the entire thing to you now it's not a it used to be a yearly renewal and it's no longer that way so now I've got no way, I mean, this sounds harsh, but I've got no way really to get rid of you, but you can dump me at any point. It's that, that the, the, the portal to me is the bigger issue because you shouldn't have to re-recruit your entire team every year, and you shouldn't have to, um, you shouldn't have this much movement. I think that's a little bit of a culture problem yeah. and, Use sports problem. We got into that's a conversation for another day. But anyway, I know you got to run. I want to leave it at this. One, happy congratulations to TJ on his anniversary. And two, I got to give OU alumni credit who rallied and tweeted up a storm last night. I happened to turn my phone on during the Browns game. I, and I especially give it up to one Trey Brown who I was watching make contact with Baker late in the fourth and had tweeted some 20 minutes prior. So thank you, buddy. Uh, Apparently he had his phone there on the sideline with him. But anyway, but now give it up to the alumni who kind of came out. You mean Trey uh, Norwood? Trey Norwood? Uh, is it Norwood that's in Pittsburgh? Yeah, oh, Brown Norwood plays Pittsburgh. for the Steelers. Trey Brown plays for uh, Seattle. Oh, he plays for the Seahawks. That's right. Well, I got my trades mixed up there. I still so, want to congratulate. To... I still want to thank Trey uh, Brown for tweeting and supporting, but I forgot. That's my bad there. So that's okay. I thought that that's was okay. pretty we impressive. All make mistakes. That's that's how much uh, that's how much they uh, love their university. Anyway, hey, thanks, bud. Appreciate the time. See ya. All right. I think it'll calm down. I don't know. I I I feel like this is a new thing, and so everybody's one excited about it. I'm talking about the transfer portal. Excited about it, and uh, everybody else is in it. I better be in it, kind of a thing. And and maybe the. Newness of it wears off, the excitement of it. Maybe there becomes a negative connotation with it through the years that discourages people. Maybe it changes how you recruit 
guys a little I, I don't know. I just feel like we can't live at this level forever. Uh, I saw a story this morning that over three thousand football players have put their name in the transfer portal in the last two months. I just that's not sustainable. And I don't I think it'll calm down, but I do think at the premier positions we're this is probably the future mm-hmm. you know at, at the quarterback position at the elite running back and wide receivers this is just probably the future and it is college free agency and you you gotta you know baker mayfield and kyler murray were both transfers by the way before we get to you know, over our skis here. I think we're just going to have to be accustomed to if guys uh, are unhappy or if there's a coaching change or if they happen to find themselves not the playing time they want, they're probably going somewhere else. And at the same time, that portal goes two ways, and Oklahoma is always going to be an attractive landing space for others out there too. And so you're just going to have to play the game better rather than Complained about the game, you're going to have to outplay people at the game. And yesterday, that was pretty good. That was a pretty, uh, I don't know if it was Brent or Levy or what went down, but they played the game pretty well yesterday, I thought. 7.46, we'll be back. Hey, everyone. It's KJ Kindler, OU Women's Gymnastics Coach. Listen to me every week on The Plank Show as we talk everything OU on The Ref the home of Sooner fans. Zero in the morning show brought to you by Extreme Outdoor Equipment in Goldsby. Representing two huge brands, Forest River Ibex and Venture Sonic Sport Trek Travel Trailers. They can get you hooked up for uh, travel across the country in your uh, new RV. Exit I-35, 104B in Goldsby, just two miles south of Riverwind Casino. This hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Eight ninety nine listing fee. Get with Terry or Jackie Saxon, saxonrealtygroup.com, or give them a call, 405-361-3380. Toby's last segment here with you, so if you have yeah. anything uh, to yell at him or to discuss with him. <clears throat> yell at me. Now Can I is say the time. something? You can. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. 20 years at the ref. 20 years coming into this what little box. Yes. It's what been, uh, a run. Been quite a run. I'm going to open my options up now as you uh, put out there ahead of time. I had told you that in confidence, but it's time to enter the portal and uh, see what the offers are out there. And, uh, you know, not saying that I won't return here to the ref. I'm just leaving my options open as a radio man. So... I liked what OU Architect said this morning, that you are uh, trying to angle this for a third boat somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I I would take a retirement plan at this point, or a 401k, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Air Comfort Solutions text line, not to sound harsh, but... (laughs) Not to sound harsh, but... 
But, Caleb did seem to have a tad immature at the post-bowl game press conference. I'd say your starting quarterback enters the portal he needs to then leave and be replaced. Well, well, I tell you what, I mean, the, the one thing that we're kind of writing off as unlikely here is him actually coming back. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, that, I almost feel like the way this year has gone, like that's almost like, you know, likely. The unlikeliest storyline is kind of the most likely thing to happen this football season. So, <laughs> what if what if Caleb says I'm coming back, and then Dylan Gabriel says, ah, never mind, I'm going back to Los Angeles or whatever. Spencer Rattler ends up back here. Whatever's the wildest thing you can dream up is still on the table I'd say yeah and he doesn't have a long time to sit here and think about it I mean classes are going to be firing back up I don't know I've seen some stuff thrown out there with Georgia Notre Dame's been mentioned you mentioned Miami earlier I've heard that I'm biased here. Oklahoma's his best option. I mean, it's where yep. he was. It was where he had already supplanted himself as a as a hero to Sooner Nation. He, yep. you know, what he had done throughout the season this year, what he did, uh, you know, running around blowing the kisses in the cowboy hat. The offense he's going to be playing in. Right. I mean, it's just uh, – so I think that's the right answer, and I think it – could still happen I think it's a slimmer chance than what it was before Dylan Gabriel announced because that tells me maybe there's some word there that he is already leaning one direction and people know that so is there any chance that that makes Caleb go oh yeah all right well I wasn't even gone mister I'll show you and he comes back and well I would I would hope so because Nick Evers you know stepped up last night and he's tweeting out stuff about how Hey, I, the tweet basically was, you know, I wasn't going to start with Caleb Williams there, and I knew that, but now, door's open, I'm coming in here to fight for a job, is basically uh-huh. what he put out there, so, I mean, he's he's ready to go. Um, Good. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want to see, so. But, yeah, best choice, I don't know, I had this vision of him last night in a uh, Notre Dame uniform. That makes at least, you know, somewhat sense. Yes. Some of these places I've heard out there, you're like, come on now. Really? So, now if he goes to Notre Dame, then, you know, I could understand that to some extent. But. All right, uh, TJ's got you for the next hour. Kevin Henry joins me tonight. Pre-game show starts at 530 here in Waco. Should be a good one. OU and Baylor. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.